Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast. We have honest conversations about things that make us different. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. I've been in recovery for 14 years and am the author of Discovering My Scars, my memoir about my mental health struggles, experiences, and faith. I'm a lawyer turned pastor who's all about self-awareness and emotional health because I know what it's like to have neither of those things. Beth and I have been friends for years, have gone through a recovery program together, and when I wanted to start a podcast, she was the only name that came to mind as co-host. I didn't hesitate to say yes because I've learned a lot from honest conversations with Steph over the years. We value honest conversations and we hope you do too. That's why we do this and why we want you to be part of what we're discussing today. On today's show, we're going to have an honest conversation titled Insurrection, Sedition, Coup. Then we'll share a slice of life and the show will close with questions for reflection, where we'll invite you to reflect on the conversation in your own life. So Steph, I was really excited for 2021 to start. I really, I'm, I was really excited for like 2020 to end, to wrap it up, to put a bow on it, to put it behind me. (laughs) And now 2021 has really not started on the right foot at all. Well, it almost feels like we've gone back like maybe a hundred or so years when (laughs) uh, our country was first started. Like, there are new words um, in 2021 that I have only read about in history books. I will say, though, I am one person that was like, 2021 is not going to be any different than 2020. I don't know what magical thing people are going to think is going to happen when they go to sleep and wake up in 2021. I do not think anything was going to change. So my expectations have not been dropped at all. It's like a new year, a new beginning. We're supposed to like have optimism and hope and we're looking forward to the inauguration and it's going to be a new administration and the Georgia election was happening and the runoff you know went went from my perspective as a person who is not currently supporting the Republican party the Georgia election went better than I could have expected and so all of that was on a positive note and then wow it was like no 2021 is not going to be what I had hoped it would be. Well, it's interesting because it's like there was so much baggage from 2021 and there's a lot of people that just thought, you know, I'm going to wake up and all that would be gone. But it's kind of like um, it's kind of like um, dealing with our mental health is if we just hope that one day all the junk that we have in a big pile when we go to bed and wake up, it'll just all be gone. It's not going to happen. You got to deal with all that junk. And I think that's what we're all learning now is that junk followed us from 2021 and we have to address it. And it's very loud and clear that that has to be addressed. (laughs) So, you know, we obviously did not have this episode scheduled. We do schedule far in advance, but this one was not scheduled. Shocking. Um, And we wish we didn't have to talk about this, but um, as we were talking about today, today's episode, we realized we have to talk about current events because in my mind, this is a this is a 9-11 moment. This is a where were you when you heard that our democracy was under attack and our capital was under attack, was taken over by Americans um, that obviously no longer believe in our country and what we stand for. So I guess that's the first question. So we're really today kind of talking about what happened on. You tell the story, Beth. Well, on January 6th, a group of Americans gathered in Washington, D.C. for a normal rally. Uh, it was organized by by an organization called Stop the Steal with the support of President Trump. And he tweeted about it quite a bit before before the day of. 
They chose that day, January 6th, because that was the day that Congress was going to certify the Electoral College results. And Congress's role in that is that they they receive what the Electoral College for each state has um, already certified. Has, each state has already under, certified. Yeah. yeah. And they kind of report it and then they accept it. And that's it's really a rubber stamp. It's not an opportunity to it's not meant to be an opportunity to disqualify the millions of people who voted to direct their electoral college delegates, you know, all that. Yeah, this is how democracy works. This is how this is how our this is how our representative democracy works. Right. Like not every democracy uses an electoral college, but we do. Yeah. And so this is how this is how it's done. And it's um, and of course, from time to time, there have been sort of ceremonial objections. But this year was different because we had a president who really beginning even before the election in November, started talking about electoral fraud. And after it was obvious that he lost, uh, exerted enormous pressure on state leaders, particularly in Georgia, to try to get them to discount the votes that were against him or to manufacture votes so that he would have more than what he had actually earned. And uh, numerous lawsuits throughout the country that were dismissed. And and it all led to this stop the steal movement because he pr- he promoted the idea that the election was being stolen from him from and from his supporters. The lie was that the election had not been valid. The lie was that there were people who were trying to make sure that Republicans weren't elected. And, and the problem for that is, you know, you have folks like the representative from Arizona who actually objected to his own state's electoral college certification, even though he was just reelected. So he's saying, well, no, it was valid as far as I'm, as far as my election is concerned. Right. But it's not valid when we think of the presidential election. And there just hasn't been any evidence of that uh, other than manufactured videos and affidavits that haven't been proven true. And, you know, all, all of that worked people up into this like, fever pitch attitude. And then on January 6th, the government, uh, the president said, let's march to the Capitol. Let's march down Pennsylvania Avenue. I will march with you. And of course he didn't, but they did. And they broke through the minimal barricades that the Capitol police had been able to construct. And they broke into the U.S. Capitol and they disrupted our democracy they disrupted the certification of the electoral college they attempted to overthrow our democracy overthrow our government they attempted to assassinate our vice president they attempted to take hostages and kill our elected officials the more that's coming out about this the more the worse it looks the more it was premeditated this had been planned this had been organized there were leaders there was communication i mean there's new reporting that some of these people even got into the capitol a day before with their representatives to case the place to know where everything was i mean there's just the yeah, news big questions about the big questions about whether or not those up. representatives were <clears throat> big questions about whether or not those representatives were assisting them yeah. intentionally yes yeah Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that the investigations on that come out. But, you know, before we dig even into this, I'm curious, like, where were you when you first kind of heard about this going on? I actually got a text message from my husband that said, it's happening. Mm -hmm. The thing we were afraid of is happening. Oh, wow. 
I tried to downplay it and say, you know, oh, well, there are peaceful protests in America every day. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, it's the, their right to gather in D.C. And, of course, they have their right to free speech. Huh. And and he was like, you should look at the news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, you hadn't and even looked yet. I hadn't looked. I didn't know what was happening. And I thought he was being an alarmist. Mm. And then I actually looked at the news and saw what was happening and was equally alarmed. How about you? Where were you? So I was on a walk when it all was happening. <laughs> I was walking my dogs. And um, when I got back and I saw um, a text from my friend, and then I have a text chain with um, some of my other friends. And so the first text I saw was at 2.39 on p.m. on the 6th. And I just got a text that said, people are so ridiculous. Protesters breached the Capitol building. And I was like, what? <laughs> and... Then he's like, yeah, a few hours ago, an insurrection that hasn't happened since 1814 or so. And then we go on to talk about it. And I immediately go to YouTube and start looking at um, news clips of what was going on. And my friends were um, messaging about it. And I was just trying to take in everything I could to kind of understand what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of was glued to it, was like trying to comprehend and trying to um, understand. And it was very much reminding me of nine 11 when, you know, the terrorist attacks happened and we were just glued to the news to try to figure out, you know, what was going on, but this feels even scarier. I mean, I didn't think something could be scarier than, you know, nine 11, but this feels even scarier because this is our own people. This is not them. This is us. And also not knowing when it's going to happen again, where it's going to happen again. And we, Beth, live in a capital city and there has been, we are in the capital of Florida and there has been reports that every single capital is going to have protesters or rioters. I think they're saying riots in, in the capitals. And so, you know, it's very uneasy to be living in a capital city and not knowing and not knowing who your neighbor, what neighbors you can trust. Like these are people that live here. These are people among us. I agree with you. I definitely think it's a 9-11 moment. I think it'll be one of those, you know, where were you when you heard that the U.S. Capitol was breached? Where were you when you heard that Americans were attempting to overthrow their own government? Yeah. To, yeah, to try to overthrow our democracy. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I was super unhappy in the last election But there was no part of me, there was a part of me that, you know, there was a little bit of question on some of the votes, I think, in one state or something um, for Hillary, like recount. There was something I remember, um, but it was done really quickly. And, you know, he, you know, he had still won. And so it was fine. It is what it is. Like democracy spoke. The people spoke. He got elected in 2016. And you know what? Democracy spoke. He was not elected in 2020. He is not the president of the United States. He has been impeached for a second time. You go down the history books for that. Good job for you. 100% think he should be impeached. He has been impeached in the House. We're waiting on the Senate whenever that happens. But he should never hold office again and be allowed to call himself a patriot because he's not. He has tried to overthrow he has tried to ruin our democracy since since day one. I mean, the lies he has said all along the way. And I was not surprised, sadly, by what happened. I was hurt and sad and embarrassed by everything. And 
And there's so many questions. I mean, there's so many questions like, why were they not prepared? Like what the freak, how were they not prepared for this? Like this had been, he, I mean, since he lost the election, he's been saying all these lies, like how were they not more prepared for this? So there's so many questions about that. And you know, that a police officer, you know, was murdered at the steps of the Capitol. Like that is not okay. That has to be prosecuted. And I, I can't remember if they found, I feel like they have found the person that they actually saw a video clip of it. Well, I, I know you say that you weren't surprised. I have to say, I, I was surprised. I continue Hmm. to be surprised, shocked by it even. And it may be that part of the reason that the Capitol wasn't better protected is that it's really hard for me to envision Americans taking siege Mm. the way that they did. And I know, and I've heard a lot of reporting about how it was well documented um, on various, you know, extremist right-wing message boards and websites and in their communications, you know, about what they wanted to do. But as much as this was organized, it was also disorganized. As much as it was organized by people who wanted to whip the crowd into a frenzy, I think that it ultimately went down the way that it went down because there was this mob mentality about it. And it did go from um, from just people who were gathered because they wanted to be heard to people who egged each other on to do these unspeakable acts against our country. So I do think that it is, in my view, at least it is surprising. I'm not surprised at all. There are angry, angry people in this country, in this world. And, you know, if all you if all you look at all day long is hate, you know, if all you think of is, you know, have a pessimistic attitude about everything, if all you are filled with is hate and you have the, you know, weaponry and things to back it up, I it wasn't surprising to me. I do think I, you know, I do think the there was people there that probably got riled up and that wasn't their intention. I do think there was a clear and organized piece to it. Um, I don't think everybody was necessarily in on it. Um, every single person there, but, um, but yeah, they all participated. And I think everybody that was there needs to be legally handled. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that many of them wrongly see this as an appropriate exercise of their first amendment rights. And the reason that I'm saying that is because so many of them were willing to be on camera identifying themselves by not only, you know, where they're from, but what their name is. And, and they just, I I think they really felt entitled to go in and storm the Capitol the way that they did. You know, we heard them saying things. If you listen to the videos, they say things like, this is our house. This is our Capitol. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not yours individually. It is ours collectively, including the people who did not vote the same way that you voted. Yeah. That's part of being an American. That's part of the beauty of our democracy. Exactly. Something that just really st- stood out to me was the words that were being used, words that I hadn't ever heard other than read in a history book. And, you know, it's, it's silly, but like the musical Hamilton, it's on Disney+. Plus. And, you know, some words that I heard in Hamilton in a musical from, you know, the beginning of our country that are being used today. And it just was like so shocking to me that in modern day that these words bring you. So, you know, we didn't know what to title this episode because uh, we just we don't even know how to like comprehend all of this. This is still so new. Um, I will say today, today's date is 
uh, January 15th. So this episode will come out after the um, inauguration. So we can't comment on what happens, what's going to happen next. So just know whatever we're talking about today is what's happened so far. Yeah. Hopefully we won't need to do an emergency (laughs) update to this. Exactly. Uh, Hopefully everything will go safely. Yes. But uh, insurrection, you know, that's a term that like, what? I have not heard that in, in modern time. Um, sedition. I'm like, uh, I'm like asking my smart device what that means. Uh, coup, incite, treason. You know, these words are old terms. Although I was familiar with the word impeachment. That has been very much in our modern time. So I knew that term. Um, but uh, Beth, can you give us a quick definition if, um, if some people kind of don't know these terms, because I had to look them up myself. I definitely didn't think I was going to start off 2021 by diving into the legal differences between insurrection, sedition, you know, treason. Because really, when I saw what was happening, my first thought was that these people were traitors, that they had betrayed the United States. And so I was thinking treason, but actually treason, you have to get like an outside government, you have to either assist an outside government or get the assistance of an outside mm-hmm. government in order for it to be treason. But insurrection and sedition are both defined under federal law. And so, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't expect to spend, to begin 2021 by diving into chapter 18 of, you know, the U.S. code, which is federal law. But it's there, you know, whoever, insurrection is whoever incites, sets on foot, assists or engages in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof, or gives aid or comfort thereto, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned, not more than 10 years or both, and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. And then they define, or it defines, sedition, actually as seditious conspiracy, which is an attempt to force... Or, to seize or to take or possess any property of the United States. And that can carry an imprisonment of 20 years. What is it? What would that mean? Property? I think that it could mean the podium that the speaker stands at. I think that's property. Yeah. That's what I think. But if they took it off the grounds. Yes. It it will be telling what all kind of transpires with all this, because I know a lot of those people that were in those prominent pictures have been, arrested but i really am going to be curious to see how this all plays out how far this goes because this needs to be an example this needs to be this is not okay this can never happen again and these people need to be and a lot of them a lot of these people they're finding already had criminal pasts they already had um you know we're already on the record for other things that they have done crimes in the past so um which is not shocking, which is not shocking that a big part of the current president's base is criminals. Not shocking. Um, it is shocking. Really? It is shocking. Are sure. You, I'm not shocked at all. Seriously, no, I'm I don't, not shocked. I don't think that we should paint with a broad brush all of Trump supporters as criminals. I didn't. I don't think that that's fair. I didn't. I said, I said some. Well, that's, that would be true of Biden supporters, too. There are people who support Biden who are criminals, so I don't think that that's fair. I just said I'm not surprised. I can have my own opinion that I'm not surprised. I didn't say they would were you all be criminals. Surprised? Would you be surprised if Biden had supporters who were criminals? Of course he's going to have supporters that are criminals. Okay, of so it's not surprising. But no. that's not, it's not indicative of a I, Trump supporter that they would necessarily be a criminal. No, I am. I'm, well, I'm definitely not saying Trump supporters are criminals. No, half of our country 
are not criminals right. or less than half, right. but <laughs> are not criminals. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. I mean, I know Trump supporters and they are not criminals <laughs> um, that I know of. Well, hopefully not. Um, no, but I'm not surprised that he has pandered to a base that um, could do things like this. Like I'm not, I, that's not surprising to me. I want to back up for a minute to sedition because I, I may have made it sound more narrow than it is because it's it's not just about property, of course. It's it's about conspiring to overthrow the government. It's about um, the part that I think is interesting is that it's if you are you commit sedition if you try to delay the execution of any law of the United States. And I mm-hmm. wonder when since this was related to the Electoral College certification, if that's not pretty much on the nose about what they were trying to do. I think the thing that doesn't surprise me is this connection over privilege, which I know we'll talk more about in a future episode, but that, that somehow Trump has tapped into this idea that they have the privilege and the responsibility for like saving democracy, that they need to, they need to save their rights I think it has nothing to do with democracy. They're not saving democracy at all. They're trying to break democracy. That's not how they see it. I don't, do they see, okay. (laughs) He's opened the floodgates to white supremacists and he's told them that they are special and that they are kind and they are whatever the junk he has said. And he's allowed them to come to the forefront. They were always there. We've always had white supremacists. We've always had these hate, hate groups that, um, have no place in modern society, but they're there and they've been on the fringe and he's allowed those fringe to be at the forefront. And he has said kind things about them and it's just appalling. And even on that day, even on that I day, know. he said, uh, he, didn't he say something like, I love you. You're great. Yeah, but you saying. should go home. Yes. Go home in yeah. peace or something insane. And that's why Twitter finally has blocked his account or banned his yeah. account or whatever, um, because he was inciting the violence. There's no question about that. For weeks and weeks, he has been doing this and has been prepping them, has been telling them, has prepared them for this moment. I mean, it's just so sickening and appalling but not surprising i mean we've been seeing this i knew i knew something was going to happen i didn't know what it was i had no idea it was going to be this i i mean i never would have wanted this um to happen which is there's no reasoning there's no reasoning um any of this like that's what's so dangerous about what trump does is he just says whatever he wants whatever just words you know just lies whatever he wants and there are people that take every single word he says as fact and pin says <laughs> he has followed every step of the way yeah. with this president like yeah. oh my gosh i think you did find the right vice president for you and then to end with yeah take him out and for this crowd to want to murder him i mean when i heard, first heard that i was just what <laughs> what <sighs> and you know, I will be remiss if we didn't mention this. Like Beth said, we're going to talk about this more in a in a future episode that we had already originally planned. But we've seen protests over the summer and we've talked about Black Lives Matter protests, which we fully support the protests and we think are super important. And we know if this was a Black Lives Matter protest and not white supremacists overtaking the Capitol, it would have looked very different, which is a very, very sad reality. 
the fact of all of the racist things that were used in this protest, a noose being erected, Confederate flags everywhere. Yeah. All of the things that just continue to to uh, push us backwards and to continue this racist this racist yeah this racist ideology um that is not okay and has to change and um uh and so we will be talking about that more in a future episode you know not only did i learn more about sedition and insurrection and and coups and and treason and, and all those words but i also learned more about some of the white supremacist um symbols that they use you know like the the person who's been in the news so much who had the camp auschwitz oh my gosh t-shirt or the six m w n e shirts which stands for six million was not enough that that is a horror that i had not previously been aware of right that 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 there were people who who call themselves americans like i do but that think that way yeah and who who are so proud to think that way that they would make t-shirts about that and buy t-shirts about that and wear t-shirts about that. Um, also, like you said, you know, the, the use of the Confederate flag, I've been pretty, I have, I have been offended by the Confederate flag for a long time, but something about seeing it, the way it was used on January 6th, it, it almost, it was almost triggering. I mean, I just thought you are going into the U S Capitol with the, the battle flag of the Confederacy like that. That to me seemed like they wanted to be traitors. Like they didn't want to be part of the United States anymore. Mm-hmm. They were saying, you know, let us out. Um, or no, they want to take over. And this is what yeah. we want America to be. We want America kick, to be the Confederate yeah, flag. Right. So let us kick other people out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and there was a moment where they were trying to take the American flag down from the Capitol and put up a Trump flag, you know, and think of the what your brain's going through that you think that that's okay. I mean, and that's what, like, I, that's what these people were trying to do was overtake our country to make it Trump country. And despite all of that, despite all of that, there was a member of the house of representatives who during the impeachment um, vote had the nerve to stand up and say, well, we haven't brought any of the rioters in here to actually question them to see if they were here because of president trump so you're making an assumption and i thought no this is not an assumption they were carrying trump flags it's like you're saying they wanted to replace the u.s flag with the trump flag they were wearing trump hats they were they were they were there to see him speak and then he said let's march to the capitol and they did yeah like i I don't know how you can even pretend how that representative can even pretend to not see the connection between the president and what happened on January 6th. There's no there's no trying to like fully make sense of any of this because we'll never know truly what's going through someone's brain like this. It's just it's sad to see this tearing a part of our country. Like we always I mean there was always different sides. I mean we've, you know, Republican Democrat, there there's always been two very different viewpoints. Um, on way things should be run. And that's what our country's founded on. It's country it's founded on the fact that we have, you know, different viewpoints, but we're going to come together and compromise and um, bring those viewpoints to kind of a, a middle ground. And we've just been we've just been getting more separate and more separate. And now it's becoming violent and and the violence has been allowed and has been encouraged from the top 
person in the country. And, you know, I've just been holding my breath since election day trying to get to this day. We're going to get beat down as far as we can to get there. There's now there's no part of me that thinks like it's going to be easy. Like I just was like, head down. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to have just pay attention to when I need to. I can't do that anymore. I have to literally watch my back because I don't know what's going to happen. And luckily when this episode comes out, you will know what happened (laughs) because um, the um, inauguration will have already happened. And our part is not just voting anymore. Like our part is not just, okay, I vote every four years, by the way, elections are more than four every four years. (laughs) Our part is not just voting anymore. Our part is paying attention is, you know, talking to our neighbors is figuring out how we can get along and how we can bridge this divide that has continued to strain our country. The Bishop for the United Methodist Church in Florida, Ken Carter, I've talked before about being a United Methodist and I'm a United Methodist pastor and uh, I really appreciate his leadership and what he did after the, after this came out and I'll put a link to this in the show notes, but he put a really heartfelt uh, he went on, he did a Facebook live and it was very heartfelt. And he said, if you have a friend who's in a cult, your natural inclination is going to be to do what you can to get them out of that cult. And what we see in America today is that we have a cult that has developed around Donald Trump. And it includes things like QAnon and our neighbors who we are supposed to love as we love ourselves are being deceived and misled and radicalized And we can't just put our heads in the sand about that. And I think that's really true. That it's not just a matter of feeling safe in my echo chamber and only being with people who agree with me or only talking to people who agree with me, but to be kind, but also courageous in saying to the people who I know who are getting caught up in this, but I'll just kind of label it QAnon, but I really mean the broader, um, the broader cult of white supremacy and really trying to reach out to them in a loving way and say, you know, can we talk about this? Can we talk about where you get your information? Can we talk about what you believe? And and to a large extent, that may be fruitless and frustrating and disheartening. But if I don't try, I feel like it'll be my fault. <laughs> well, and the big thing is letting those people know that we're here not drawing the line. I think that's a big thing for me is I have some people in my life that that they've gone. They've gone to that spot. They've gone way too far and there's no there's no taking them back from that side, but letting them know like not me not drawing that line and saying I will never talk to you again. This is, you know, how can you be this person? But letting them know that I'm still here. I'm not going to participate in your hate hate things, but letting them know that when they need me, when they're ready, I'm here. I think that's a big part of um, any connection with somebody is you don't have to support what they do, but not drawing that line and letting them know that when they're ready, that you are there for them and that you um, be a friend for them. And um, and that's kind of, that's a hard thing. Um, I had something similar to that, um, not politically, but something similar to that in high school. And actually, a good friend of mine that I'm still friends with, uh, we really disconnected for a long, long time. And we um, we finally reconnected and we're better friends than we ever were. But it was painful. There was many painful years where I wanted to connect with her, but 
she was so far in a different direction, but she always knew that I was there and that she could always come to me. And, um, and, and now, you know, closer than ever. And actually I want to have her on, on the podcast. So, um, she, and, and she knows, so hopefully we'll have her on, on sometime soon to kind of share that story. But, um, I think that's sometimes the only way we can be there for our friends is just for them to know that we're there and to leave it at that and to not push and pry and just for them to know that you are a safe person that you will be there whenever they're ready. And to look past the beliefs they hold that you disagree with, but to look at them as a person, Mm -hmm. the same way that I want to be looked at as a person, I need to look at them and their humanity and appreciate their humanity. I have an aunt who um, I have never been close to. I actually didn't even know. I didn't even know she existed until I was in like elementary school. It's a whole big family thing. And she, she, you know, she posted to Facebook that she was leaving Facebook for parlor and she wanted everyone to go with her. And so my response to her was, wow, I'm really going to miss seeing your post because probably one in 20 of her posts is political. So it's, that's not her main use of Facebook at all. She actually um, has been, she is a person who is in recovery. So most of her posts are about recovery and I find them helpful and encouraging. And so I really will miss seeing that. And so my response to her was just, I'm going to miss seeing your post. But if you'd like to stay in touch, here's my email address, right? So trying to say to her, like, I understand that you feel like you need to leave this platform, but this platform is the only thing that connects us. And and I'm sad to lose that because so much of our connection goes beyond our political differences. Well, even on a day when we're talking about a hard topic, we're talking about hard things, we still actually have fun making this podcast. I really like having this time to have an honest conversation with Steph. And we do hope that you get something out of our honest conversations. And some of you have reached out and asked, what's the best way to support us? I want to give a big shout out to Suzanne, who bought us a couple of coffees. Thanks for doing that. Thank you. Uh, And for anyone else who would like to support us, uh, we've tried to expand the podcast experience using buymeacoffee.com. And you can go there and and buy us a cup of coffee or for Steph, a cup of tea. Uh, and you can b- actually become a monthly supporter and you'll get access to PDFs of the questions for reflection. And we do pictures on there and outtakes and polls and try to do some behind the scenes stuff on there to kind of, like we said, expand the podcast experience. It's kind of the kind of things we would put on other social media channels if we had created a social media presence for the plot for the podcast, but we didn't want to create more noise, right? So we're trying to just really funnel how we do this and be intentional about how we do it. So if you go to buy me a coffee, you can become a supporter there and you'll see exactly the content that you're looking for without a bunch of distractions. We just post once or twice a week and uh, also give you a chance to give us your feedback as a member on our buy me a coffee page. So check out the show links and, and go there to sign up. We're in a tough time. We're in a tough time in our country. So I think that that's where we find ourselves. The show has to reflect that. I always remember when we first started our podcast and one of the defining things that we had for our podcast is we didn't want to be timely. We wanted to be kind of evergreen. Evergreen. (laughs) So I don't know which color green this is, but it's not ever. (laughs) So do you have any weird news? Because you've been sharing some weird news and maybe you'll have some weird fun news for me. Oh. I have no weird news because the news itself is so weird. <laughs> In a horrible, horrible way. Oh, oh, wait, I do have one. I do have one. Sorry. I okay. just remembered something that I read. Okay. So this week, 
there was a truck driver who was on a ferry entering the Netherlands from Britain. And because of Brexit, the officials in the, um, the officials in the Netherlands had to seize his ham sandwich that he had for his lunch. Oh my God. (laughs) Because you're not allowed to bring in any food items (laughs) because they're not part of the EU. And it, that includes items for personal consumption. And so he said that I'll put a link to it in the show notes because it was from the New York Times. But he said, well, could you take the ham off and let me have the rest of the sandwich? And they said, no, we're really sorry. You can't you can't bring in any part of this into the Netherlands. Poor guy. He's probably hungry. That was good. Thank you, Beth. That was that was a lighthearted news article. So I have one more thing. I have something that's not weird, but last episode you had mentioned that there was a little bit of an issue with Mac or t- with Tosh. Don't blame she, Mac. She this was, is no, all on it's, Tosh. It's Tosh. She was a little smelly. She's she a little, had some gas. Some gas issues. And mm-hmm. so you wanted me to take care of that. So I, that was Tosh barking. You hear Tosh barking? She's so excited to hear this. She doesn't bark a lot. So this is exciting for us all. Um, so I got something so you really, you're kind of disgusted by my Macintosh that I have. Yes. My dogs. You just, they're disgusting. Specifically the one end of Tosh. Yes. So I thought I would get you a, something that smelled a little bit better. So I got you a new Mac. This is a, a Mac candle. scented <laughs> candle. No joke. There is Mac a company. There's a company called, um, 12 South, they make a lot of Apple product, like things for Apple computers. And this is a, it's called Inspire and it's a Mac candle and it's the number two version because they have, they had an original and this is the second version and um, it has a nice fresh scent. So I thought because my Macintosh didn't smell so good, I thought maybe that one would smell better for you. So also you are not in person. (laughs) Probably listeners don't know that you are not here right now. Long story. No one has COVID, but we're doing this remotely. And um, so Beth cannot smell my wonderful candle or my wonderful showing it to me and and not letting me smell it at all. But I ordered that for you. I thought of it the other day and I was like, I have to order the Max into candle because it smells good. Actually, it's kind of like fresh linen smell. I love fresh linen smell. I know, I, right? I look forward to enjoying it. I that. know. I haven't even burned it either because my mom has been loving. It's like in a really nice container and it's like really like, it's like, um, sur- it's a very like yeah. Apple style. Right. I know. Is. Yeah. Well, this company makes really good products like for, um, Apple, Apple devices. So like I actually just bought a new watch, um, charger on the watch charger stand when I was looking at the candle, because I was like, ooh, this is nice. So we should put a picture of that candle on our BMAC page, on our Buy Me a Coffee page, because it, to me, at a distance at least, it sort of looks like an oversized AirPod <laughs> container. It's like that same oh, yeah. style. But it's a candle. I might have made it look bigger by putting it towards the thing. Here, let me take a <laughs> screenshot. So next time we're together, Beth, I will I will have this candle going, and you can tell me if it smells better than my original Macintosh. <laughs> I look forward to it. Yes, awesome. At the end of each episode, we end with questions for reflection. These are questions based on today's show that Beth will read and leave a little pause between for you to answer to yourself, or you can find a PDF on our Buy Me a Coffee page. Number one, where were you when you heard that the U.S. Capitol was attacked? Number two, did the news make you want to learn more or completely tune out? Why? 
Number three, have the events of January 6 made you feel less safe with law enforcement and government? And number four, how do you feel about the fact that words like insurrection, sedition, and coup are now part of our conversations? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Thank you for joining us. 